is giving you wisdom this morning. How many of us are ready to receive? Amen. Amen. So I encourage you to take notes as well as you listen, or you can uh, listen again and take notes. So the title for this morning's sermon is The Origin of Wisdom. The Origin of Wisdom. So does wisdom come from the heart or from the brain? From the heart. So does wisdom come from grace or come from a lot of struggles? Grace. You are very clever. Say to the person next to you, you are very clever. You have answered all the questions with a hundred mark. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. How many of you love the word of God? Amen. The goodness of the Lord is that the word of God is not trying to beat the daylight out of you. <laughs> it's not trying to get a go, have a go at you. The word of God empowers. So the minute you read it, the power comes. The minute you read about God, the, you, the minute you read about God and you read about what God's people are like, the power comes for you to be the person that God desires you and designs you to be. So God's word is empowerment. Religion says that God is trying to shame you and guilt you. No, God is never in the business of shaming you or guilting you. God is in the business of transforming you and empowering you and glorifying you. Amen. He wants to glorify you because glory is his presence. And you need to come into his glory to fellowship with you, to fellowship with him. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. This morning, God was speaking to me so clearly. He said, when all hell breaks loose against you, God is for you. When all hell breaks loose against you, God is for you. Who is there for you if the devil is chasing after you? Who is there for you when God is, you know, when the devil is trying to ruin you and destroy you and take you to hell? Who is there for you? God has to be there for you. Amen. When your kids are chasing after the devil and being deceived. When your kids, when your kids are going with the devil, God is the one chasing after them. Can we say amen? God is for them, not against them. It's not the heart of God for anybody to go to hell. It's not the heart of God for anybody to be sick, to be broke, to be forsaken. It's the heart of God to love us, to embrace us. To make a good person out of us. To make success out of our lives. Can we say amen? Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Worthy is the lamb. That's referring to the ministry of Jesus while he was on the earth. That was slain to receive. Now I want you to hide like these with me. To receive power. And riches. And wisdom. And strength. And honor. And glory. And blessing. The number seven, the perfect number, the number of God. These are the seven essential vital forces or ingredients that God has bestowed not only on Jesus, but on the body of Christ. How many of you are in the body of Christ? How many of you know that within every person, there is a desire for power, a desire for riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, 
and glory and blessing. How many of you have realized that you have that desire within you? Lift up your hands. Because that's what you are made for. That's what you are made for. You are made for power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. That's what you are made for. If you look at Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. Now unto him, referring to Jesus That is able to keep you from falling. Keep you from falling. Come on, say to the person next to you, Jesus is keeping me from falling. It's not the heart of God for you to have a fall. No, even in your 60s, you know. I was watching the news and uh, one of the advertisements was saying that, you know, one out of those that are in their 60s or I don't know how many out of how many are having their four all the time. No, I said I refuse to listen to that. I refuse to entertain that. No, I won't have a four. The word of God says that he will widen his path under your feet that you don't slip. Can we say Amen. So who is the God that we serve? He is the God that keeps us from falling. I'm I'm fully convinced there are some people who don't love God because they've never read the Bible. Because they've never experienced God. They don't know who God is. They don't love him or they don't like him because they don't know him. The more you know God, the more you will love him. The more you know him experientially, the more you will love him. Can we say amen? He's the God who keeps us from falling. He's the God to present you faultless. Faultless before the presence of his glory. Is he doing it with obligation? Is he doing it and dreading it at the same time? No, with exceeding joy. That's how much God loves you. He's keeping you from falling and he's presenting you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Wow, that's the God that we serve. Would you love God? I love him. God is so awesome. Amen. That's God. He has the power to keep you and the power to present you. Amen. And if you look at verse 25, look at verse 25. To the only wise God. So all of our wisdom comes from him. And continue to read. To the only wise God. Who is he? Our savior. So what is wisdom? To condemn or to save? Come on. Answer me, church. To save. What is wisdom? To save. That's God's wisdom. So when your kids are not doing well, don't condemn them. When you see the people around you not doing well, don't condemn them. The devil is already condemning them and put them on a guilt guilt trip long enough. You should be the one blessing them. Can we say amen? Don't add to the devil's guilt and condemnation. Work with God. To keep them from falling by your prayers of intercession. 
to present them faultless through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To bring them into the glory of God's presence with exceeding joy. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. The only wise God, our Savior, that's his heart to save us all the time. And listen to this. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. That's the realm of God. Glory, majesty, dominion, and power. That's the realm of God. And as if that's not good enough, both now and forever. Hallelujah. That's how powerful our God is. Wonderful Jesus. That's how powerful he is. How good he is. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20. We're talking about the origin of wisdom. Where's wisdom from? Proverbs 21 verse 20. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Wow. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Treasure is referring to godly knowledge. Oil is referring to the Holy Spirit. So the word and the spirit always empower us and make us wise. And indeed, you become so powerful, you become so wise that even your dwellings, your habitation, where you stay, what happened? Becomes wise, desirable. Even where you stay becomes desirable. People love to be where you stay. Why? Because the anointing comes upon where you live. How many of you know that whatsoever you do prospers? Everything that you touch prospers. That's in the book of Psalms. Why? Because who is in you? And what's in you, what's upon you, will rub on who is and what is around you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the wise, they are a special people. Say to the person next to you, you are special. The wise is a special people. The wise people, they are esteemed, honored, sought after, and distinguished. So you, as a child of God, you are honored, esteemed, sought after, and distinguished. You need to know who you are. And you need to harbor good thoughts toward yourself and toward others. The word of God says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think bad about yourself, you will start thinking bad about others. And you will start feeling bad about yourself. And you will start feeling bad about others. So say to yourself, I'm good. And can I ask you, who is seeking after you? God. And God is wise. 
So if he is seeking after you, that means you are a person of great value. Only one amen? Are you a people of great value? Amen. Amen. So hallelujah. If you look at uh, the word of God that we have just read, God places a great value on people of wisdom. And also, God places a great value on knowledge. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. uh, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Even in the natural, knowledge is very powerful. Isn't that right? You get promoted because you have knowledge. You get promoted because you've got specialty. You get promoted because you've got special knowledge. Knowledge is very, very powerful, and knowledge is very, very valuable. If you look at Proverbs chapter 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word despise means look down. I think it's very foolish if you haven't even read the Bible, if you haven't even known God, and you already have despised him. Or ignored him? Knowledge gives us wisdom. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, only the beginning that will lead to more and more knowledge. That will cause you to become more and more knowledgeable. Amen. So despising God will make a fool out of anybody. So say to the person next to you, don't look down on God. And don't ignore him. Amen. Go with me to Proverbs 38 verse 36. We have a lot of scriptures this morning because the scriptures make us wise, okay? Proverbs 38 verse 36. Proverbs 38 verse 36. So where is wisdom? Is it in your head? No. Proverbs 38, 36. Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? Who has given understanding to the heart? How many of you know that when you get married, you don't get a PhD just to marry somebody? You find the person who is going to spend the rest of his or her life with you from your Heart, the center of knowledge, the center of wisdom is your heart. Your heart is the center of wisdom. Your heart is the center of knowledge. That's where God's knowledge dwells. That's where God's wisdom dwells. That's why Jesus said, guard your heart. For from your heart flows the forces of life. Life comes from your heart. Your heart is very, very powerful and very, very important. Now look at Psalm 51 verse 6. Psalm 51 verse 6, referring to God. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, you shall make me to know wisdom. The world calls it intuition. The world calls it spontaneous knowledge. The Bible calls it your conscience. The Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart. The Bible calls it your innermost being. 
That's the most important and the most powerful part of you. And that's from where wisdom comes. Because God is very wise. He trusts the most important part of you. He trusts the real you, which is your heart. Amen. So what differentiates a wise man from a fool? So what differentiates a wise man from a fool is the heartfelt desires. The heartfelt desires for wisdom and for knowledge. And the desire for wisdom, the desire for wisdom will cause your face to glow with the glory of God. As your heart desires to know God, as your heart desires to follow him, as your heart desires to pursue him, glory glows out of your face. Because that's where God glorifies you from the inside. Look at Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Now we have to understand that when the Bible talks about the old, he's not talking about those that are perishing. He's not talking about those who are having the disabilitating, what's that called? Debilitating sickness. We have to understand that our God is eternal and he has given us eternal life. And once you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, your life is not getting worse. Your life is getting better. You are not perishing. You're not perishing like vegetables. You're being revived. You're getting better and better, stronger and stronger, wiser and wiser, all the way until you go to heaven. All the way. Say to the person next to you, my life is getting better and better every day. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you know that song. It gets better and better as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. You know that song? It gets better and better as the days go by. You are not perishing. You are being revived on a continual basis. That's the word old. It means eternal. It means everlasting. It means it's not perishable. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The Bible's definition of the word old is very different from the world's definition of old. What's the name of God? He's called the ancient of days. So that's a glorious title. Amen. So he said, what did he say? He said, stand, stand you in the ways. And what's the next one? See, behold, see, focus, watch, look, ask, be humble enough to ask, be humble enough to ask, ask. We get into a lot of troubles, problems, because we don't even ask. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Walk therein. What's the result? What's the consequence? You shall find rest for your souls. How many of you have heard of stress? How many of us have experienced stress? Sickness that's related to stress. 
What's the opposite of stress? Rest. You shall find rest for your souls. Now this morning, Sunny and I, we used the highway to come to church. Now, if we had to beat down the bushes, dig the rows, and build for ourselves a highway, that would have taken us a long time and a lot of stress. How many of you love highways? <laughs> the ways of God, they are highways. The ways of God are highways. They will put you on high above all the traffic. <laughs> they will put you on high above all the troubles. How many of you would love to learn from others? We love to read books, right? Because we can learn from others without going through the pain. You can learn without going through the sorrows and the troubles. And that's why the word of God says that have a teachable spirit. Have a learning heart. Lift up your hands and say, yes, I want a teachable spirit. I want a learning heart. Okay, so, so good. So, so important. So good. But what's the rebellious spirit? The rebellious spirit says, no, we will not walk therein. We want to make something new. It is good to learn. It is good to learn from the ancient of days, from those who have been there. It's good to listen to your parents. It's good to learn from your parents. It's good to learn from your elders. It's good to learn from those who have gone before you and be inspired. And you can add to their learning and you can go higher because they will be your springboard to take you to a higher level. And you go from there. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, wisdom is reserved. Wisdom does not go to everybody. Jesus said, don't throw your pearls before the pigs. So, he's not doing that. Wisdom, guess whom wisdom is reserved for? Wisdom is reserved for the humble. Wisdom is reserved for the humble, not the prideful and rebellious. The Bible has got its own definition of a fool. Do you want to know what that is? The Bible's definition of a fool is a fool sets in his heart that there is no God. So all those, you know, that sound very wise, you know, we're so wise. We don't believe in God, you know. Only the weak needs to believe in God. The Bible calls them fools. A fool says in his heart that there is no God. But wisdom will be given to the humble. Can we say amen? Amen. How many of us made ourselves? How many of us gave birth to ourselves? None of us. That's very evidential. That God is real. God is so real. How many of us have a conscience? How many of us have a conscience? Have you been to the cows and the lions and the, what else? And the giraffes and, and what else? And the jaguars? They have no conscience. They have no conscience. They only have instincts. Well, even the crows have no conscience. The magpies have no conscience. But we are made in the image of God. 
we have been given a conscience on the inside to discern between good and evil. Nobody can do evil unless he hardens his heart. Nobody can despise God until he or she hardens his or her heart. Can we say amen? Amen. We are made, created to be soft, teachable, gentle. Can we say amen? If you look at Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. Now the Bible tells us who we are. The Bible tells you what the human nature, what the fallen human nature is like. The Bible tells us what, what people are like when God first designed them. When God first created them. Amen. So the Bible gives us wisdom and gives us knowledge. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 to 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. What's the prayer? May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want you to see the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As far as the world is concerned, the world studies. The people of the world studies to get worldly wisdom. The people of the world have to study hard to get worldly knowledge. But when it comes to the supernatural, when it comes to the realm of God, wisdom is given as a spirit. God can give you the spirit of wisdom just like that. God can give you the spirit of wisdom and you just receive and you start walking in wisdom and progressive revelation and knowledge will continue to be given and bestowed upon you. So how many of you want the spirit of wisdom to start functioning in your life? Lift up your hand and receive, 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 and it shall be given unto you. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, every good father will leave an inheritance to his children. And how much more our God, our heavenly father, You know, Jesus gave us that very powerful revelation that God is more than just a creator, a force, a big bang. No, Jesus gave us the revelation that God is our father. Now, I don't have a father, but with God as my father, I understand the heart of a father. A father wants to give. A father wants to bless. A father wants to protect. A father wants to give and give and give till there is a storehouse that his children are safe even when he's not around. And if you look at the heart of God, what's the heart of God towards you as his children? He has a hope for you. That means he has designed for your future to be bright, to be glorious, to be good. And he has riches reserved for you, the riches of his glory. His inheritance includes your earthly needs as well as your heavenly needs. Glory be to God. And he doesn't call you a sinner. He doesn't even call you just his child. What does he call you? Every time when you are mentioned in the Bible, he calls you 
assent. Because he's the God who is calling things that be not as though they were. So even when your child is, mi- is misbehaving, you don't focus on his, mi- his misbehavior. You focus on the hope of his calling. Isn't that right? You focus on the hope of his calling and you keep calling him good and you keep loving him. You keep showing him the goodness of the Lord and you intercede and you demonstrate the goodness of God, the love of God. And that's what God does for us. And that's why there is no condemnation. There is no rejection in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that the spirit of rejection never, never does anybody any good? How many of you have experienced the spirit of rejection? I have. I know what it is. It's ugly. It's mean. It's critical. It's evil. It's devilish. And God doesn't use that against anybody. The Bible says that you are accepted in the beloved. Well, you are you saying, Pastor Dora, there is no hell for sinners. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God is not in the business of kicking anybody into hell, punishing anybody into hell. Those who go to hell, they reject salvation. They reject salvation. They reject redemption. They turn away. They reject. How many of you know that you can't help anybody who rejects you? And that's what the devil is doing. He's trying to tell people, God is no good. God is in the business of punishing you. God is in the business of putting you in a guilt trip. You need to behave in a special way. That's the voice of religion. That's not the voice of the truth. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is the truth. Christianity is the love of God. We can love God because he first loved us. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9. Isaiah 55 verse 9. We need to understand that God doesn't mess with us. You know, if we say, God, I don't like you. I don't love you. God still loves us. He's still going after us. He's still pursuing us. But he doesn't argue with you. He doesn't quarrel with you. He doesn't mess with you. Why? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when you are stressing out, and you don't know what to do, and you're troubled, and you're concerned, the doctors have said there's no cure for you, you go high. You go the ways of God, the ways of faith, the ways of trust. The ways of God are much higher. What is supernatural, that means is above natural. I don't know about you, I need the supernatural. I need the grace of God. I need God who can do over and above what I can do. I need God. His thoughts are high and above my thoughts. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. I'm not so proud as to think that I have You know, that's it. I've kept it. I'm left to myself. No, I'm not left to myself. Praise God. I have God. 
above me. Can we say amen? Come on, say to yourself, I'm not left to myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's the meaning of the word humble. You're not left to yourself. God is so awesome. Amen. So God's wisdom lifts you up from the earthly, from the ordinary to the heavenly, to the extraordinary. God's wisdom lifts you up from thinking low to thinking high. God's wisdom lifts you up from mortality to immortality. I know there is a heaven. I know where I'm going. I know heaven is real. I know that God is real. Can we say amen? So there is no despair for you. Your feelings may go down. You may get frustrated for a while. But then the Holy Spirit will lift you up. The Holy Spirit will brighten you. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. And God's wisdom rubs on you. As you desire to follow him, as you desire to fellowship with him, as your Lord and your Savior. How many of you know Proverbs 13 verse 20? Those who walk with the wise will be wise. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We need to walk together with the wise. Can we say amen? Say to the person next to you, you are wise and I'm walking with you. Amen. Amen. Wisdom directs the heart. Stress confuses you. Stress confuses you. How many of you have ever experienced anger because you are so stressed? Yes. When you're angry and you get stressed and you get stressed more and you get angrier. (laughs) But God's wisdom lifts you up. God's wisdom lifts you up. Amen. And God's wisdom directs your heart. God's wisdom will tell you, hey, this is very petty, you know. There's no need to be so angry. Forget it. Anger. Anger resides in the bosom of fools. So you're not foolish. Okay? Anger resides in the bosom of fools. So wisdom directs the heart, sets it peacefully and clearly For profitable living. Your life is supposed to profit you. Give you wisdom. Give you honor. Your life is supposed to profit you. Give you peace. Give you health. Give you joy. Give you good relationships. Give you fellowship with God. Can we say amen? If you go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. I love this. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. Wisdom, the last part, wisdom is profitable to direct. How many, how many of us loves profit? Do you like profit? Yes. Would you like to have interest in your bank account? Then lift up your hands. <laughs> we love profit. Praise the Lord. Wisdom gives you profit and wisdom will direct you so that you have a profitable business, you have a profitable life, you have a profitable marriage, you have a profitable family, you have profitable relationships. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Can we say amen? So wisdom is not a demand. Whenever we try to put a demand on someone, we are not walking in wisdom. 
Wisdom is not a demand. God's word does not demand demand you to do this. God's word does not reprimand you. God's not, God's word does not put you on a guilt trip and put you feel and cause you to feel bad about yourself with condemnation and shame and guilt. Hear me right church. Condemnation, guilt and shame, they do not come from God because they are sinkers. They will sink you and you go lower and lower and lower until you die. But God is the lifter up of your head. When you're lifted up and you feel good about yourself and you discover your value, you discover your worth, you function a lot better. You'll be motivated, you'll be activated, you'll be inspired to aspire to become greater. A greater man, a greater woman for the Lord. Can we say amen? You don't turn to yourself because you know that by yourself you are nothing. You know that you need higher wisdom. You need help from God. You need grace. And with that self-realization comes the aspiration. Comes the motivation to know him. That's why the apostle Paul, who has been functioning in signs and wonders and miracles, what did he say? He said, I want to know you more and the power of your resurrection. The power that surpasses even the power of death. That's where God will take you. And you start believing God for healing. You start believing God for provision. You start believing God for grace. When the mind of a man says, no, that's it. But when you put on the mind of Christ, there is no stopping you to what you can be and to what you can do. Can we say amen? That's how much God loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So God's wisdom lifts you up. God's wisdom rubs on you. Amen. And God's wisdom calls and draws the heart. Wisdom has a voice. Wisdom will call you. Wisdom will call your heart. Go to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 to 21. If you want to walk in wisdom, if you want to walk in wisdom and be wise, you cannot afford not to know and not to have discernment. You must be able to differentiate between religion and the truth. I want to say it one more time. Christianity is not religion. Christianity is the truth. A religious spirit will keep you bound. A religious spirit will chain you and put you in jail. A religious spirit keeps telling you, you are nobody, you are a worm, bow down. No. God's truth lifts you up, tells you who you are designed to be, who you are, what you can do, what your future can be, how much you can achieve, how much more you can rise, you can go higher and higher, you can still excel. God's truth frees you from focusing on yourself. 
When you focus on yourself, you think you're old. When you focus on yourself, you think you're stupid. When you focus on yourself, you compare with others. You compete with others. And you think that you are not good enough or better. Both inferiority and superiority come from the same root, which is called self. And that's why the Apostle Paul, his wisdom, he said, it's no longer I that live, but Jesus who is living in me. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Discernment. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Confused. The world is confused. Haven't we noticed? The world is very confused. Calling evil good and good evil. Putting darkness for light and light for darkness. They call it knowledge. They call it wisdom. No, but it's darkness. A person who gets so wise, who doesn't even listen to his parents, doesn't even honor his parents. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So would you like to be puffed up or would you like to be built up? Built up, right? That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in there. Would you like to be wise in your own eyes? No. <laughs> you better be wise in the eyes of God. And prudent in their own sight. Self will always destroy a person. It's not just a matter of morality. People think that, you know, you're talking about morality when you say somebody is selfish or self-centered or self-absorbed. No, it's a matter of eternity. It's a matter of eternity. It's not just a matter of morality. Wisdom is not a demand. Wisdom empowers you. The word of God says that you have through your commandments made me wiser than my enemies wiser than my enemies okay so let's go back to the foundation scripture psalm 111 verse 10 psalm 111 verse 10 the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom what is the fear of the lord is it terror is it horror is it intimidation religion terrifies people religion uses the law to devalue to belittle people. Religion says that you are a terrible sinner. You are a worm. You are unredeemable. You're wicked. You are evil. But how many of you have read the gospels? How many of you have read the ministry of Jesus? He never, he never belittled anyone. He never belittled anyone. He never condemned anyone. He never shamed anyone. How many of you know that he healed a prostitute? He healed a leper who is a social outcast in those days. A leper, the lowest of the social class. A prostitute whom the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were about to, to stone. And Jesus is the exact image of God. The exact image of God. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Jesus is the exact representation 
of God. He's the image of the invisible God. So what God is doing, God will purge you, but he will not condemn you. God will convict you so you know what's the area that you need to improve and correct. But he will not shame you, nor guilt you, nor condemn you. So knowing God and having a desire to truly know him for yourself is profitable for you. You will become a much wiser person than who you are now. And can I advise you, don't follow the crowd of atheism. A fool says in his heart that there is no God. A fool exposes human knowledge above divine knowledge. Do you know how many years of study and research does it take to come up with a solution for sickness? But God can heal a person just like that. God healed me of all my sicknesses and disease. I had migraine for so many years. I went to doctors and doctors and injections. But God just healed me like that. It's gone. That's the wisdom of God. That's the grace and the mercy of God. So don't follow the crowd of atheism, religions, cults, and traditions. But desire to know God for yourself, that's the beginning of wisdom. Can we say amen? How many of you have read about Joseph? Joseph, you know, who was sold to be a slave in Egypt. But what followed him? The wisdom of God. I want you to see the heart of Joseph. Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verse 10. Acts chapter 7, verse 10. Look at what Jesus, look at what God did for Joseph. Delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom. In the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now, don't be afraid that because I'm a Christian, nobody's going to like me, you know. I'm not going to get a good job. I won't be doing well in the world. No, 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 no. The Bible says that God promotes those who love him. God gives wisdom and favor to his people. God is the God of open doors. Can we say amen? Amen. How many of you know that Joseph was promoted? Who else was promoted? In the court of Egypt. Daniel. Daniel was promoted. Who else? Give me a woman who is promoted. Esther was promoted. Okay? So let's look at the heart of a leader. Go to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50, 20 to 21. How many of you want to be a leader? It's terrible for those who want to be leaders and yet don't have the heart of a leader. A leader who doesn't have the heart of a leader is just being ambitious. He wants the position. He wants the money for himself. That's ambition. If all that you're thinking about is just yourself, that's called ambition. Now look at the heart of a leader. Look at Joseph. Joseph said, but as for you, referring to his brothers, you thought evil against me. How many of you have had people thought bad about you? Yes. But should you be changed by them? 
Should you react to those who think bad about you? Is it profitable for you to react and think bad about those who think bad about you? No. This is wisdom. This is wisdom talking. You thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. That's wisdom. Going higher and knowing the heart of God. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. What the devil meant for harm, God turns it around for good. Come on. Do you want this for your life? Do you want God to turn everything evil around for good for you? Amen. Amen. So stop thinking bad about anybody. Okay? God will work for those who are good. Amen? Amen. To save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear you not. I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not going to be vindictive. No. You don't have to fear. I will nourish you, not only you, but your children, your family. And he comforted them, referring to Joseph, comforted his brothers and spoke kindly unto them. That's wisdom. That's God's wisdom. We can see here that Joseph had a very clear perspective. He identified God's calling and purpose for his life. And he focused on what kept him on track. That's wisdom. Can we say amen? That's wisdom. So to finish, God's knowledge is practical and experiential. God's wisdom gets into you. God's wisdom makes you to be the person whom the word talks to about to be. God makes you do what the word of God says is good to do. God makes you the person which the word of God says that is good to be. The wisdom of God will cause you to live wisely, not selfishly. The wisdom of God will cause you not to be presumptuous. The wisdom of God will cause you not to be self-righteous. Will put a pure heart and a right spirit within you. And you start to resist having a mixed attitude. Being impulsive, defensive, distracted, deceived, provoked, and reacting. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Well, the average person always counts how much money I'm getting for my work. How much do I get paid an hour? But the wise, they are willing to sow seeds. They're willing to invest. They're willing to invest into their future. They're willing to go all the way with God. Why? Because they're operating at a higher level. They understand the principle of sowing and reaping. They understand the importance of keeping your heart pure. They understand the importance of operating from the mind of Christ. Can you see that? That's the knowledge of wisdom. A wise man, a visionary, rises above the occasion and turns the demands, the chores, and the routines into stepping stones for greatness. Amen. Turning the efforts and into seeds that yield an abundant harvest. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Wisdom will cause you to submit 
Wisdom will cause you to be humble. Wisdom will open your ears to listen. Can I ask you to look at First Peter chapter five, verse five? First Peter chapter five, verse five. Likewise, you younger ones, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility, clothed with glory and honor. That's humility. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the prideful and gives grace to the humble. So once again, divine wisdom is reserved for the humble. Amen. To finish it all, I want to see, I want you to see the fundamental difference between godly wisdom and the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom says that you need to work hard, study hard, climb up the social ladder, compete, compare before you can be rewarded with a high position, with a high pay. But that's not the way that God functions. The way that God functions is be born again. Be born into greatness, the greatness of the Lord. Be born and receive his heart, his spirit on the inside of you. It's just like a baby who is born with everything the baby needs. And the baby will grow up to be a powerful man or a powerful woman. So God's way is you begin with success. You are a successful person. And that's how success follows you. Not to be earned. Not to be struggled for. Not to be gained. It's by grace. It's the gift of God. It's the goodness of the Lord. Can we say amen? Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed.